You're listening to the Forefront Church Podcast in New York City, where our vision is to see lives, neighborhoods, and our city renewed through Jesus. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in that fire. And after a fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face. And he went out, and he stood at the mouth of the cave. Um, Did you know that ants are really loud creatures? Did you know that? Really loud creatures. Did you know that if you get close enough to a sea anemone, it will grunt when it doesn't like its food? Did you know that? Did you know that if you just sat silent and still long enough, you would literally hear the earth move under your feet? Facts. Those are facts. From a guy named Bernie Krause. Bernie Krause is the preeminent sound recorder. He is a nature recorder. He uh, has recorded everything. Uh, you've probably heard him in museums. You've probably heard him in, um, uh, on albums, on your iPhone apps, in movies. He records nature sounds. He's the one that, that told me those interesting facts in a TED Talk that he did. Here's another interesting fact. He said in the late 60s when he first started this uh, job of recording nature sounds, he would wait outside for about 15 hours. And in about 15 hours, he would end up getting one hour that would be good for an album or a museum or a movie or whatever. He said that this year, it took him a thousand hours to get one hour. A thousand hours to get one hour of good sound. It's called anthophony. It's artificial noise. Anthophony. Some artificial noise is good. Uh, Music is good. Plays are really good. I like the excited roar of a crowd. I think that's good. Thank you. Um. 183 million people, though, 183 million people live in a place where anthophony is not very good. In fact, anthophony, this artificial noise that's created, uh, is so difficult and so bad uh, that it affects not only their uh, physical body chemistry, but it also affects your brain chemistry. You start to hear things and do things differently. If you are in this room today, that means you are one of those 183 million people whose body and brains are affected by anthophony, artificial sound. I am affected by it too. We are affected by that sound. How many people, you can raise your hand, are afraid of noise or afraid of silence? How many of you are afraid of silence? A couple of you. I'm afraid of silence. How many people sleep with a noise machine? A couple of you. I do too. I sleep with a noise machine. I live by the BQE. I love the sound of cars going by. I love it. That that sound. I love anthophony. I love the way that my brain has changed because I hear noises all the time. I love it. Maybe you love it too. There's visual noise, and I'm not going to get into all the visual noise, but it's there. The thing I'll say about the visual noise is this. How many people pick up their cell phones or their iPhones, uh, you know, and they they pick them up and they put them down right before they go to bed, and then it's the first thing you pick up when you wake up in the morning? How many people? Oh, a lot more hands for that one. (laughs) 
Yeah, visual noise. We're good at visual noise. We're good with noise. I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of silence. I like the noise. Isaiah 30 says this. Listen. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses and therefore, therefore you will flee. We look for themes in scripture all the time. I look for themes in scripture. What is God trying to tell us through this library that we have? These poems, these stories, this music, scripture. You find these themes. You find really big themes. Love. That's a really big theme in scripture, right? You know what's the second biggest theme in scripture? Serving the oppressed, the poor, the widow, and the refugee. Oh my goodness. But I'll get to that next week. (laughs) Selflessness is a big theme in scripture. Silence, silence is a really, really big theme in scripture. And repentance and rest is your salvation and quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. You would have none of it. When I was writing this message a couple weeks ago, I purposely made sure there was a lot of sound around. I opened up the window so I could hear the BQE. Uh, There was some construction going on. I didn't try to move away from it. Uh, there was these two kids that were sitting next to my apartment that had obviously cut class. I lived next to a high school, and they were talking. I played some music, one album which I didn't like, Grimes, and now another album that I really did like, Talib Kweli. It was very good. Let me ask you a question. What do you do consciously to avoid silence? What do you do subconsciously to avoid silence? What do you do? Let me ask you a question. How often do you sit in silence? How often do you sit in silence? The psalmist writes this. Tremble and do not sin. Search your hearts. Search your hearts and be silent. Search your hearts and be silent. How many people, raise your hand, be honest, it's a safe place. How many people feel like God is distant? Took you all a little while. Sometimes I think God is distant. I thought when I became a pastor that God would be less distant, but that's not true. There's no professional like in with God like I thought there might be. Maybe there's a correlation between the amount of noise that's around us and the way we hear God's voice. Maybe there's that correlation. Um, I tell us all the time. You know what I say to us all the time? I say, hey, tell your stories to one another. Invest in one another. Take action with one another. Uh, That's what creates community. That's what builds the church, and I believe that. I think that's a really, really good thing. Take action, take action. It's one of the best parts of my job is taking action. I love taking action. I think it's great. And so whenever uh, a work is a struggle, and I think you might be with me on this one, what do we do? We take action, which means we work a lot harder, and we drag people along with us to work hard with us, and and we, we, we just continue to move and move and push when I'm sick. I'm a little bit sick right now, and so I made sure that I had all the medicine I needed. I went to the store. I'll go to the doctor. If I still don't feel good on Tuesday, I'm going to take action over the way I feel. When we're in relationships, new relationships, bad relationships, good relationships, we want to take action. We want to fix things. So we'll do our best to fix whatever it is that um, 
is is broken in our relationship. And if we're not fixing it with that person, then we're meeting with another friend who gives wise counsel and advice and we meet with them, we talk to them. When we don't know the name of an actor, we text our friend and we say, hey, what was the name of that actor? And our friend knows. We take action. Action's a good thing. When I have a weird rash on my arm, WebMD, I take action, okay? I click in the arm thing and I say weird rash and I just go through all the things that look life-threatening. I take action, Taking action is a really, really, really good thing. It is a good thing to take action. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you had an issue with relationship? You had an issue with your physical body. You had an issue of anxiety or depression. You had an issue where you were exhausted. And instead of taking action, you stopped and you were silent. When was the last time that happened to you? When was the last time? Jesus says this. Come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I often pray that God would take away my burdens. I pray it all the time because I think you and me are probably similar. I'm always at war with something. What is it that you're always at war with? Maybe it was one of the things I mentioned before, a sickness or a relationship, a hurt, an anxiety. What are you at war with? And I want to give God my burdens, but I really don't. Because in order to give God my burdens, it means that there's got to be time to listen to God, and I don't want to listen to God. And you know why I don't want to listen to God? You know why I don't want to be silent? I'm afraid of what I'm going to find out. I'm afraid of what I'm going to find out if I'm quiet. What will I find out about me? Jesus says, come follow me and everything is really easy, right? (laughs) No. (laughs) When we follow Jesus, we grow. I mean, we really grow. And growth is really, really hard. Growth sometimes can be really painful. And it means moving in these difficult directions. And it means shedding scales. And we don't do that unless it's quiet. I don't want to be quiet. I don't want to be silent. I don't want to hear God. I would much rather not grow and not have to deal with the pain than be silent and figure out what's actually going on within me. And what if? What if I'm silent and then God's not even there to talk to me? What if? Being silent... No, I'd rather create noise. Noise is like a drug. I might not grow, uh, but at least it takes the pain away just for a little while. It makes me avoid whatever it is I have to deal with. I'd rather do that. I don't want to hear ants. I don't care how loud they are. I don't need to hear about sea anemones either. I don't want to hear about that. I don't really need to hear the ground shift under my feet. I believe it's happening. Jesus is healing a bunch of people. And he says, yet the news about him spread all the more. So that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Today, today is very different, isn't it? We're doing something a little different. Today, here's what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you not to talk to God. Don't do it. I'm going to ask you not to talk to God today. I'm going to ask you to be really uncomfortable today. I'm going to ask you to sit in silence today. That's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you've been coming to this church a long time, you know that we try new things every so often. You like to see how they go. like to do them a little differently. If you're new here, I'm sorry you came this Sunday. Come again next week. Nah, it's great. I'm glad you're here. I'm really glad you're here. No, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable because for the first time we're going to be silent because I believe this. I think maybe, just maybe... 
God's not always speaking to us in the action and the podcast and the music and the preacher and the music and I don't know, the plays, whatever else. Sometimes God is speaking to us with God's still small voice in the midst of silence. So you're going to be silent today. And I'm going to ask you to resist the urge to get up and go to the bathroom, resist the urge to get on your phone, resist the urge to walk out. And it should feel a little weird. It should feel weird because we're so used to doing and talking and taking action when it comes to our Christianity, our theology. When it comes to Sunday morning worship, we expect to stand and sing and and be interactive and we're not going to do any of that today. And I ask you not to talk to God. I ask you to listen. And I wonder if listening is going to make all the difference. I wonder if listening is when we'll finally hear the still, small voice of God. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. I want you to get comfortable because we're going to be silent for a little while. And here are some things I want you to know. I want you to know there's going to be a voice guiding us through our silence, giving us little prompts. And if that voice sounds different to you or if it seems weird, it's supposed to sound different and seem weird. We are one of 183 million people who are affected by noise all the time. It should feel different. You're going to be prompted to do different things. Be still and know that there is a God. Be still and know. So right now as you close your eyes, what war are you fighting today? You don't have to name it. You can talk about it in your head. What relationship trouble are you having? Are you sick? You disappointed in yourself? You don't know what comes next? There's a struggle of some sort. There's an anxiety of some sort. Today, have the courage to address that war. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for a rhythm of silence for those of us who struggle to hear God. Heavenly Father, thank you for a rhythm of silence. That's an absolute theme in our scriptures over and over again. Heavenly Father, thank you that you've given us a rhythm of silence to connect with you, the infinite and unimaginable. Father, thank you for this rhythm of silence that it is a gift given through Jesus Christ through through the death and resurrection. It's part of the infinite grace that we have. And Lord, thank you for your rhythm of silence that allows us to contribute to your kingdom. Amen.